Learning with Robots, the podcast for news and views on robotics. Hi and welcome to the Robots Podcast. Today we'll be talking about an educational resource for robotics and robotic vision, the Robot Academy. The Academy is an online platform that provides free-to-use undergraduate-level learning resources. The content was originally developed for two six-week Massive Open Online courses, or MOOCs, but it's now available online as individual lessons or as a full masterclass. While most of the lessons are aimed at undergraduate-level students, around a fifth require no more than general knowledge, and those could be of interest to a much wider audience. Our interview audio caught up with Professor Peter Cork from the Queensland University of Technology, who is also the director of the Australian Centre for Robotic Vision. They talked about what the Robot Academy is all about. Hi, welcome to Robots Podcast. Hi. Would you introduce yourself? I'm Peter Cork. I'm Professor of Robotic Vision at Queensland University of Technology in Brisbane. Would you tell me a bit about Robot Academy? Sure. Robot Academy is, uh, uh, I guess, my, my, my latest passion in, in trying to get robotic education content out to the world. Uh, and it's based on some work I did creating massive open online courses uh, a few years ago, but effectively what we've done is is rearrange the content into a new format. Mm-hmm. And who are you collaborating with for this? It's a development that's happened entirely within my university. So I worked with uh, people in my university in, who are you know, learning design, designers, graphic designers, videographers in producing the original MOOCs. The original MOOCs was a, was a massive project. It took something like 18 months to build... Uh, you know, two six-week MOOCs, uh, which at the time, talking, you know, 2014, 15, when the MOOC bubble uh, was, was really big, uh, people were predicting the end of universities was, as we know them. Uh, that didn't happen. You know, MOOCs have settled down to being just another tool uh, in the bag of things that academics can use to educate students. So we, we invested a lot of effort in this team creating the MOOCs, landscapes changed and we actually think that the MOOC format is a little too restrictive so we with the same team we've repurposed the content. Mm -hmm. Tell me a bit about how MOOCs are restrictive and why this isn't a good format for you. So the issue for for somebody who wants to get a course onto uh, on out as a MOOC is you need a technology platform in order to provide your content to your learners and if you've got tens of thousands of learners all around the world, you're going to need to have some decent tech in order to get that out there. And there's some good open source tech. Uh, it's a package called OpenEdX, right, which is open source, cloud-based tools that you can use to get content out there. It's a big and complex ball of stuff. So you know, you're going to need to have you know, quite a few people who know pretty good coders and developers to, to keep that maintained. And for a university, perhaps, that doesn't have very many MOOCs on offer, there is, uh, that's potentially problematic. If you've got a lot of MOOCs, you can amortize the cost of the platform across all of them. If you've only got a small number of offerings, uh, that can be problematic. So you've either got to have a lot of really smart people on your staff and pay them, or you go to a third party. So that's, that's one of the, 
the first issues I think around MOOCs is there is a barrier to entry. Uh, the second one is that MOOCs, like university classes that they've been modelled on, have got an opening date and a closing date. And it might be that that doesn't fit well with learners in different parts of the world. So we choose a starting date and an ending date. It's going to work for some people in some parts of the world, but not for all. And that's frustrating for, for the learners. And the other issue is that the courses that, the MOOCs that uh, we originally developed at my university, 18 months to develop over a succeeding 18-month period, each of them was online, active for three different occasions. So they are online for 18 weeks out of 18 months, and then for various reasons we've chosen to withdraw them. So all the content is there. It's still as relevant as it was when it was created. The issue is how do we get it out there? The last issue I'd say about MOOCs is oftentimes somebody wants just to know a single thing. Maybe they've forgotten what kinematics is and they just want a refresher. So with a MOOC model, you've got to wait until the relevant MOOC uh, is starting up and then you go through the MOOC, through the introductory bit and then the next bit and then the next bit and then you get to kinematics. So there's no instant gratification here. If you want to know something about, say, kinematics, where are you going to go? Uh, so yeah, you can go to Wikipedia, you can go to YouTube, uh, sort through a lot of stuff and hope that it's, uh, that's relevant and correct. Uh, so the Robot Academy is aiming to be the solution to all of these different problems. We've taken all of the original MOOC content, 200 lessons. Each lesson is a video between 5 and 10 minutes long. And we've put them all online. Uh, they're all available anytime you'd like. Video is actually hosted on YouTube, but we've put a really wonderful WordPress front end on it. So it lets you browse through the material by, by topic. It allows you to, to search and there's some linking between topics. So let's say you find a kinematic lesson, you think that's really interesting, but I forgot what a homogeneous transformation is. Well, okay, then you can go back and uh, get a refresher on what a homogeneous transformation is. Mm-hmm. Would you tell me a bit about some of the topics that are available? So the, the, topics, are span, the topics span the fundamental mathematical principles you need to do robotics. So how do you represent uh, a pose in either two-dimensional space or three-dimensional space? Uh, so that's really relevant to mobile robots and to arm robots. Uh, the robotics content is all around arm around robot arms. So we talk about forward kinematics, inverse kinematics, we talk about uh, joint space control, we talk about Jacobians, uh, we do a little bit of work on, on robot dynamics. Mm-hmm. And you know, they'd be amongst the most advanced lessons within the Robot Academy are the ones on robot dynamics. Uh, we also touch on issues of the, you know, the, the place of robots in society. Why is it that we want to create robots? Uh, we talk a little bit about, about ethics, which I think is an important uh, topic for people in our community. So that's, if you like, that's the robotics half of the Robotic Academy. The other pa- half is around robotic vision. So we talk about you know, what is a digital image, how do I get a digital image into a computer, how do I do some simple image processing operations, how are images formed. So we talk about optics, lenses, pinhole camera models, talk a little bit about different sorts of cameras, Mm -hmm. wide-angle cameras, light-field cameras. Talk quite a bit about colour. Colour is really important to human beings, so talk about what colour is, about colour spaces, 
if you've got an image, how do you write some code that would tell you distinguish the red things from the green things? Mm-hmm. Uh, and talk a bit about feature extraction, talk a little bit about uh, interest operators. So it's a, it's a broad coverage of a lot of topics in, compu- in computer vision. Uh, my original aim for this work was third-year engineering student. So it's, not, it's a nice way to get started, and then you go off and you'd find more advanced content. Mm-hmm. Now, would you tell me a bit about the structure of these courses? You mentioned five to ten minute videos, yeah. but could you tell me a bit more? So, on the on the Robot Academy, you go to a page associated with a lesson. There is a video there between five and ten minutes long, and all sorts of educational research would tell you that that's the attention span of a human being. Why at universities we put people into one hour and two hour lectures, I don't know. This theory says it's not going to work. Uh, so there is a video there that people can, they, they can launch. There is a transcript there, so, uh, and the videos are all captioned. So you can look at the captions, you can download the transcript. Sometimes in these lessons I'm doing a screencast. So you can also download the code that I used in the screencast. I use MATLAB programming environment for all the examples. So you can download the code, cut and paste that into a MATLAB session. Some of the lessons have quizzes associated with them. So these are fairly simple, multi-choice. But really, uh, and there's no grading in this thing. You know, the Robot Academy is not going to give you a scorecard. Uh, but the, the, the questions are here really as a way just to test your learning. Mm-hmm. You know, did, did, did I understand that? Maybe I thought I did, but I answered the questions. I'm actually not quite so sure. So I'm either going to go and watch it again or perhaps go back to some of the material that would have come before that, the supporting material for that particular lesson. Mm-hmm. We also arrange the lessons, which you can access individually. We also arrange them into what we call master classes. And a master class is effectively a lecture. So it's a bunch of lessons in an order that I think makes sense. So it's got, you know, there's an introductory one, then we ramp up the complexity as we get into the, into the heart of the topic, mm-hmm. and then the, it concludes with a, with a summary. But it's about an hour of material in, in one of the master classes. And they correspond actually directly to the lectures in the original MOOC, because mm-hmm. the MOOC is very much mimics university campus-style education. We all go into a lecture room and somebody talks for an hour. So mm-hmm. that a masterclass is that, but broken up into the individual topics. So you can watch a few, have a pause, come back later, and watch some more. Mm-hmm. And you can go back over them as many times as you like. Gotcha. So it sounds similar to Khan Academy. Very much. So the Khan Academy is one of the things that I think inspired me to, to do this. And Khan Academy does have uh, a little bit of robotics content in there. We actually have links from Robot Academy to fundamental lessons that are on Khan Academy. So if you know, somebody... For, for, for the, the content in Robot Academy, there's some things we expect you to know. We, mm-hmm. You should know what a vector is. You should know what a matrix is. You should know how to multiply a matrix by a matrix or a matrix by a vector. Mm-hmm. So for people who don't, we put pointers back to those lessons in Khan Academy. So you don't get, understand this then go to Khan Academy, watch their content. There's no point in me reinventing that. You know, there's gorgeous content on Khan, mm-hmm. and we encourage people to go there. Are you, is there any sense of community with this? At any the, users the, communicating? Or? It's, the next, it's the next step. 
So we launched probably two weeks ago. I'm looking at the Google Analytics and it's heartening. People are going there and there are lots of new users piling in, which is fantastic. Every lesson has the ability to leave, co- leave comments. In order to do that, you need to register with the site and register with your email address and then you can leave comments. So far, no one's left a comment, but a number of people have registered, uh, which is great. Uh, next step for me is to create a Facebook group uh, I think that's probably the, the best commodity technology to use to host a discussion around the academy. In order, to, in order for that community that we build to work well, uh, I, I'd like to, to hire somebody to, to be effectively the community manager, to, to moderate that community. If there are questions being asked there that are not being addressed, then somebody you know, I should probably you know step in and say well okay this is this is how this thing works you know if people are being abusive or unhelpful then we need to have conversations with those people so I need a community manager and I'm going through process with my university at the moment to to put somebody on I have someone someone who'd be really good in mind very good and then so talking a bit about the content how so in my past experience with um, MOOCs I find that the content never goes that deep mm-hmm. um, so, for example, at my university, we go much further in depth. Can you tell me a bit about the depth of the content you're covering? The depth would be equivalent to a university mm-hmm. engineering undergraduate course. So, you know, we're going to... There's, a, there are, there's math and equ- equations in this. Yeah. Uh, you know, there are, there are simulations, there are code examples. Uh, but it's not even across all of the content. There's some content that's quite advanced. There's some content where you'd need to know some control theory, know what a Laplace transform was, you'd know what a pole and a zero was. Mm-hmm. But then there are also conversations about robots, society, jobs, and ethics. And you know, anybody could understand that content and perhaps have an interest in it. So we created a, a five-level difficulty scale associated with every single lesson here. So level one lesson, be accessible to anybody who's got any kind of interest in, in robotics, you know, you've got through high school, uh, got an interest in the world, but, you know, level one is for you. Level five is the opposite end of the scale where expecting you've got quite a f- bit of undergraduate engineering uh, under your belt. The summer lesson levels, levels two and three, you've got high school maths and physics, uh, you've got some experience with programming, you know, that's the levels two and three are about. Level four really assumes you've got a bit of engineering mathematics under your belt, so you know some linear algebra and so on. Mm-hmm. And so now students going through this, do they have the ability to get credit or how can they apply it to the rest of their life? I would see that students would use this to help, to help themselves with the coursework that they're getting from the university that they're enrolled in. Uh, this, the Robot Academy certainly does not offer any kind of accreditation and most MOOCs don't offer accreditation either. And this is the in some ways uh, a problem that I think MOOCs are founded on is the fact that people can do a MOOC, they're investing their own time in the MOOC, and, but we have no way of assessing how well they've done. So many MOOCs have a certificate of participation. It means that you've clicked through a lot of the lessons, uh, maybe you've done some of the quizzes, but it's not possible to really offer a meaningful certificate because we really don't know who it is who's enrolled in the MOOC. All we have is your email address. And, you know, it might be your smart brother or cousin who did the assessments for you. So I think that's why all MOOCs are pretty much avoided 
the accreditation issue. Now, some of the full money MOOCs like uh, Udacity Coursera are moving into a model where you get a meaningful credential, you know, where they're pretty sure that it's you who did the assessment, you've paid your money, you've done the content, you've done the assessment, and they give you a certificate. Now, whether you can trade that certificate at a university for an exemption from a course is another whole matter, and I don't think we're there yet. People are starting to talk about badges, and you know, there are a lot of sort of competency badges in the developer space. You know, there are Mozilla badges. You know, I'm a good C++ programmer. I know I can do some things in Python. I can do really awesome things in Python. And that's really a sort of an informal community. Uh, and a credential is only as good as... It only has value if people are willing to accept it as, as, as saying something about the person who, who holds that badge. So we need to see where the badges will, will take off, whether employers care about badges. I can't imagine universities will care about badges and give you an exemption. Mm. But it might happen in, in, uh, in the developer uh, industry, code development industry. Yeah. But, but I think I'm not quite sure I answered your question, which was around... Basically, can they get credit? Yeah. And how can they use it in the rest of their life? Which we... Yeah, so no, they can't get credit, but if it helps them in their life, if they're working for the they're working for a company and they suddenly some, they've been asked to do to, to write forward kinematics for a robot, they don't know what forward kinematics is, then hopefully they can go to the academy and learn that. If they're doing a course at a university, a professor sets them some some problem, mm-hmm. perhaps doesn't explain it as well as he or she could, then yeah, robot academy is just another resource. Mm-hmm. And I noticed this from my own classes that I teach at university. Students are going everywhere for material. Mm-hmm. So they're going, to, they're going to dive into YouTube, they're going to go into Google, look for the topic. And the risk being that they can potentially get hold of material that's incorrect. So I'd like the Robot Academy to be associated with uh, useful, uh, accessible, understandable and correct content. And it would become the go-to place for, for people. The other users of this academy would be the teachers themselves. So I would like the instructors to perhaps say, as you know, before the next lecture, I'd like you to watch this, 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 and this. So each lesson in the academy has got a unique static URL. So they can make a, a reading list, a list of URLs, publish it on whatever tool it is that they use to get material to their students, Blackboard or whatever. Our students could look at that in advance. So... Yeah, I could see some uh, push from academics to their students and also students just using it off their own bat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen something similar in Khan Academy where lessons are actually used in, uh, by the teacher in class to help. It's kind of like an asynchronous way of teaching all of the students so they can exactly. go at their own rate. Yeah. So do you include references to further content? So if uh, I'm reading a book on computer vision... Do you reference a paper or a book that I can learn more about the topic from? Good question. Each lesson uh, has, a, has a bunch of text associated with it, so some of those have links out to other resources on the web that I think are helpful. So yeah, they might be they might be video, they might be a resource somewhere else on the web. As far as res, uh, references to, to to books and papers, uh, there are at the moment none of these on the academy. The overall reference book for the Academy is my own book, which is called Robotics, Vision and Control, which has just come out in a second edition. 
that book is also written in, a, in what I think is a very accessible manner. It's, it's kind of chatty, it covers a lot of territory. And that book itself has got lots of references to fundamental papers and other, I'd say, more conventional textbooks, ones that perhaps dive more into the theory, uh, perhaps more, more mathematically, use much more mathematics in the expression of the ideas. So I, there is, you know, from a couple of hops you can get from a lesson in the Robotics Academy to uh, the fundamental papers and textbooks that you're going to need to be familiar with to advance in the field. Yeah, mm-hmm. I want this to be, my overarching desire here is for this to be accessible. And my concern with some of the textbooks is you hit them and you think, whoa, there's just a lot of math and formalism and maybe this isn't for me. I want to... Take, a, take an approach where we can demystify a lot of these things, show quite quickly what the concept's about, what is kinematics, why is it useful, what's SLAM, why is it useful. Uh, so show people what it can do, get them interested, uh, and then if they want to take it further, then, yeah, there's lots of other resources that they can, that they can go to. But getting them to understand why it's important and why they might need it, I think is something we often don't do. That's what I try to do in the Academy and also in my book. Thank you. And that's all from us for today. If you'd like to give the Robot Academy a go, just visit robotacademy.net.au. And for more robotics-related podcasts, news, and feature articles, just visit us at robohub.org. We'll be back in two weeks' time. Until then, goodbye. Learning with Robots, the podcast for news and views on robotics.